This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Welcome to another episode of the HR in Review pod. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And joining me on this episode is Jack Webb Heller. CTO and co-founder over at Work Smarter, a leading online HR platform that empowers over 7,000 UK-based SMEs to streamline their HR processes and drive business success. Hey, Jack, welcome to the show today. Hey, Bill, great to uh, great to be speaking to you. And yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So, Jack, beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and telling our listeners a bit more about yourself and, of course, about Work Smarter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Jack Webella. Um, I am the CTO uh, of WorkSmarter, which is an online HR um, services platform designed for growing UK businesses. So we mostly deal with um, SMEs, so the smaller side of the companies um, in the HR world, but we um, aim to provide all of the services uh, that a growing business would need to help manage their team and manage their people. Um, so WorkSmarter came about uh, as a result of um, uh, my previous job where I was managing a team of software developers in a larger organization of about 100. And we'd started using an online HR platform, um, but everybody found it, it didn't quite fit in with the right ways with our business processes and needs. Um, and having a bunch of developers with a little bit of spare time in between projects, we decided to um, try and prototype our own version. Um, and whilst we use that internally at our old business, um, we kind of realized that actually, um, building something that was more flexible uh, and more kind of catered towards uh, towards smaller companies, um, more sort of user-friendly, trying to create something that um, both management and the staff and the teams liked using was actually really important. And it went down really, really well at our old company. Um, so after we uh, after we left that business, um, we moved on to Work Smarter, uh, started it, uh, myself and some colleagues from uh, from my old job. And yeah, we've been, now been running since 2018. Um, and yeah, about 7,000 UK businesses are using us so far. Uh, yeah, things are going really, really well. We're um, just sort of reaching the point now where we're getting some really good critical mass. Lots of um, lots of businesses across the country are um, passing on recommendations and things like that. So, um, so yeah, things are going well. This edition of HR in Review is a special guest episode brought to you in partnership with our friends at the North American-based HR Chat podcast, a podcast focused on interviews with HR, talent and tech experts. Okay, rock and roll. And what I didn't mention in my introduction there is uh, uh, Jack is a fine Norfolk lad. Um, I, I don't, some of the listeners out there might know that I'm I'm from the uh, the fair county of Nelson. I'm a big Canaries fan, so I've got extra love for Jack. Well done, Jack. Um, hey, Jack, let's get into the, the, the meat of the conversation today um, by discussing the, the pros and cons of technology-driven people management and some ways that businesses maybe can maintain engagement and create positive experiences. Do you think that uh, digital innovation could risk losing sight of the human aspect of HR? Yeah, absolutely. This is um uh, this is obviously quite a big question, especially as we're seeing technology um, you know, becoming more and more essential in the workplace. Um, so uh, sort of the you know, core reason why we set up our sort of internal prototype um, originally was because we were you know, storing everything in filing cabinets and it was a very, um, uh, you know, a process that relied a lot on humans to, um, to make it work. But as we've moved more towards the technology side of things, I think it's actually still absolutely essential to remember that human resources ultimately deals with people. Um, I think that there can be an over-reliance on technology 
um, especially with you know the advent of more HR software, organizations can perhaps fall into the trap of um, relying a little bit too much on these tools, um, which might perhaps you know lose the ability for some HR professionals to um, uh, maintain a personal connection with with employees or with candidates. Um, there are certain aspects of digital platforms that kind of make it easier to perhaps undermine the importance of face-to-face um, -face interactions. But these soft skills, obviously, are really critical in HR roles. Um, say, you know, create stronger workplace relationships. Um, I think that uh, to mitigate these risks, obviously, businesses need to kind of strike a good balance between leveraging digital innovation and also maintaining the human aspect of HR, which is so important. Um, technology should really be a tool to enhance human interactions and decision making rather than to replace them entirely. Uh, I think it's very important that you know um, HR people can obviously prioritize empathy and interpersonal communication skills um, because oftentimes HR comes about as you know as a result of um, changes within organizations and I feel that if employees feel that it, you know uh, control is being handed over to the AI or to the you know big system in the cloud or whatever um, that's obviously not necessarily going to be good for business so um, yeah there's clearly a, a really good balance to be found to be found with all of that okay thank you very much um okay so how has your technical background jack helped you identify and address common pain points in the hr sector you you have conversations all the time right with, with, with hr pros um so how, how's your background helped with that tell us more yeah absolutely um so we find that um uh, so me coming from a, a technical background um uh, specifically as a software developer um, we wanted to really build WorkSmarter specifically to be um, very much kind of sort of startup focused, which means, you know, uh, I think it was Facebook who used to use the term move fast and break things, you know, and uh, whilst, we, whilst we don't go about breaking things, so to speak, uh, we do want to have that sort of innovation and that kind of, you know, um, being able to quickly adapt to, uh, to new processes and changes. So um, I remember it was, you know, at the time of the pandemic um, when obviously everybody was uh, you know, being asked to work from home, uh, we were very quickly able to um, incorporate changes to the process to help you know to help make that that sort of thing easier we really wanted to um, uh, sort of bring some ideas from the tech world about things like collaboration tools so we know that many tech companies are kind of using um, all sorts of uh, online tools for communication for project management um, I know that uh, with, with my own team as well we often use slack um, and uh, you know small things that kind of make communication easier in a corporate setting things like um, just you know might sound like a silly point but just emoji reactions for example when you're in a business context um, it actually you know small things like that really help to establish rapport and encourage emotional expression in the workplace um, as well as you know conveying a more uh, more clear intended tone of a message um, and at the end of the day it comes down to employee experience we think that um, lots of tech companies obviously prioritize creating positive and conducive work environments for their employees. And we think that HR should be that way as well. Um, yeah, uh, as well as that, obviously, the employees are working in organizations um, who you know, have their own brands. And being able to um, you know, portray yourself to your new recruits, being able to portray yourself to uh, potential future recruits who you're taking on as part of the um, onboarding process uh, through positive strong first impressions of HR is clearly so important. Um, that kind of level of agility and adaptability is, um, is one of those things that uh, I've really tried to bring through from the tech world um, to, uh, to make things for, for our staff and for um, our users uh, at WorkSmarter as well, uh, much more collaborative. 
now perhaps you can discuss the importance of design principles and uh, user experience in, in modern business software. Absolutely. So um, I, I don't know about yourself, but um, I've certainly found from past experience that lots of um, business software tends to be functional first. And that makes sense, obviously. You know, there's the bottom line to, uh, to, to meet. Um, but it's super important, especially when you're building software that is used in a human context, um, you know, in HR, to make sure that actually um, you know, you're following design principles to create the best possible user experience. Um, we've got to remember that people um, are you know, in an organization that is implementing HR software, um, all of their staff, regardless of their technical competency, regardless of um, you know, their uh, accessible needs, that kind of thing, they will all be ultimately required to use the software. So it's very, very important that um, you know, the choice of software and uh, you know, making business software used by staff from all walks of life, um, it's as easy to use and as user-friendly as possible. Um, so one of the things that we, uh, we've been focusing a lot on lately at WorkSmarter is about um, accessible and inclusive design. So that's um, making sure that users perhaps with things like screen readers um, or you know, different accessible needs are still able to um, use the workplace software um, that the rest of their colleagues are using. Um, this is often something that we see tends to be forgotten about or treated as you know, very low priority in, in business software. Uh, but another aspect as well on a, on a kind of more broader broader sense is about um, adaptability of software. We know that no one piece of technology will ever be all things to all people, but building in software that um, has many different options, features, is very flexible um, and can be tailored to meet the needs of users um, without having to you know, um, put the whole company all under the same one setting or preference. Um, that sort of thing is obviously really, really important. But most importantly, we've got to have software that people love using, people that, uh, software that people will be willing to recommend to their friends and their colleagues. Um, and that kind of thing is really sort of the, uh, the motive that, um, that we try to follow uh, because we know how important it is. We've got lots of clients who are um, passed on through referrals. Um, and at the end of the day, it's got to be po a positive experience for both employees and for managers. Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Jack, we're recording this interview in middle of March 2023. Uh, today is, do they call it the spring equinox? Uh, equal I number of daylight hours? I think it might be, yeah. Tomorrow, first day of spring, perhaps. Something like okay. that maybe today. Okay, nice. I like that. That makes me happy and optimistic for the next six months ahead, that's for sure. Um, and um, we, we, I think we can now say with confidence that we're, we're, we're through a very difficult time. Uh, we have we all lived through about two two and a half years of of the pandemic, um, and uh, I think we all learnt things learned things about ourselves and about our colleagues. Uh, and and uh, there was a big acceleration with the use of different technologies to move a lot of companies to to fully remote and then maybe back to hybrid at the moment. Learning from COVID, Jack, how can businesses use tech to adapt to this post pandemic? landscape what, what's changed in the last few years what what was accelerated because of the pandemic well there's obviously plenty to talk about here in terms of you know remote work and collaboration tools but um uh, i'm sure you know lot, it seems like everybody is moving towards that and that's kind of the natural that's the natural way to go but one of the more um 
less obvious perhaps um, uh, things that businesses seem to be adapting to um, and can really, really benefit from in this post-pandemic landscape is um, as people are working remotely, uh, the use of in-house um, on-site software is clearly moving towards the cloud, but the, you know, uh, the cloud doesn't just mean anyone can access software from anywhere. It actually opens up lots of very, um, very interesting opportunities for businesses on a wider scale that they can use to adapt and get ahead when it comes to interoperability between different bits of software. So one of the things that we're, um, uh, one of the things that we're doing at WorkSmarter, uh, we've basically opened up an API in our cloud-based service. So it means that businesses who perhaps store all of their um, expenses in Sage, for example, um, can export and automatically transfer data between WorkSmarter and Sage. Or, for example, they can you know, connect different links between um, software packages like uh, Google Workspace and, and Dropbox, for example. So it means with the cloud, um, it, software no longer works in isolation and there are easy services out there that exist that let you connect all these different bits of business software to help give yourself um, a good kind of competitive edge. Um, and obviously another aspect of this clearly that ties in with um, uh, you know, post-pandemic um, changes is to do with automation and process optimization. Um, so, you know, we obviously companies can leverage automation technologies to streamline all of their most time-consuming tasks. I know that in my own experience, um, it always used to be a chore having to uh, round up every receipt uh, for my expense claims at the end of the month. But now we've been you know, looking at ways that we can do things like um, expense management automated by just forwarding an email or copying in a special email address and all of your expense receipts are automatically collated, making this kind of thing as effortless as possible. Um, lots of the time spent on paperwork in the past is clearly moving to the digital world. And that first step, comes from storing your files in folders and following that real world paradigm. But now as people are taking the next step forward, we're seeing the, that kind of paradigm almost be bypassed as we learn to use these tools even more efficiently than we were doing before. Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. And as, as Work Smarter, has grown over the past few years. And congratulations, by the way, you guys are doing an awesome job. Can, can you uh, can you point to any trends or any patterns in the data that you work with? Yes, absolutely. So um, one of our features that we have is we enable people to set their work schedules. And we have seen a um, it's an almost exponential trend in the work schedule setting for remote work being enabled. Perhaps that's not surprising, um, judging how, how things are changing at the moment. But we've also seen perhaps a kind of more um, sort of positive um, uh, transition in the workplace. Um, I think particularly as people were coming out of uh, out of the times of COVID, um, businesses were under more stress and pressure. We noticed with our um, with our company holiday management feature um, in January of last year, we had uh, it was just a little over eighty one percent of um, holiday requests were approved. But then this year, January twenty twenty three, we had just uh, we had almost thirty thousand holiday requests submitted. Um, just in that month alone, but 90% of which were approved. So I don't know if perhaps employers are just feeling a little bit more relaxed as we ease out of the pandemic and uh, you know businesses are perhaps valuing work-life balance more so than before, but we're definitely kind of seeing, um, seeing this transition in our data um, and yeah, balancing it out against our user numbers as they've grown over the years.
If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker, or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hrreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Okay, I can just tell you, you're the sort of guy who lives and breathes this stuff, loves getting into the data, I think. I respect that. Very good. Um, okay, uh, what, what is the future, Jack? What is the future of software and, and tech? the HR sector do you think? Yeah so um, I think perhaps probably the biggest thing on the horizon and the uh, the keyword on everyone's lips at the moment is it's all about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, as a software developer I have been absolutely mind blown by this new paradigm and um, it's just so different to what we've had before. Um, we actually built in, just as a little kind of an experimental prototype, um, an AI hiring assistant. Um, and it was just kind of, you know, it wasn't uh, an extra paid feature or anything like that. We just included it just to see what people thought. But um, you basically just type in a job title and the AI, a large language model, will come up with 20 different specific targeted questions to ask a candidate for that job um, you know, in an interview. And we're now seeing this kind of technology being leveraged for real, um, you know, for real life human use cases. Um, but having said that, we do obviously have to bear in mind that um, there can be inherent biases in AI tech. Um, and what's lots of um, lots of the AI research taking place at the moment is clearly, uh, you know, um, preventing those biases through the training data initially. Um, at the end of the day, um, that is something that we it's been trained on effectively the sum total of human knowledge through reading you know, countless pages on the internet. So we obviously just have to bear in mind that we shouldn't um, you know, ever entirely remove humans from the AI pipeline when we're integrating it into business needs. Um, one particularly interesting thing as well to do with um, to do with AI and the future of technology. Um, obviously, as uh, mental health and well-being is becoming more and more at the forefront of employers' minds, um, one very interesting thing that I, I read recently was um, uh, a company did a kind of a blind test of um, uh, connecting volunteers with a therapist um, through an online chat, and um, they, you know got several hundred volunteers and half of them spoke to a real therapist and half of them um, spoke to an AI therapist. Um, and at the end of it, the AI therapy process actually was scored higher um, than the real life therapy process. Um, but once users knew that they were actually speaking to an AI for it, um, they suddenly scored it much lower, which says something quite remarkable about the technology, I think. It's saying that it can actually you know, create real meaningful change and effect and impact but perhaps as humans that human touch that we need and want is actually more fundamental than we might have first realized if you could pass on one crucial lesson that you've learned in your career so far jack in one minute or less what would be your top tip for hr pros and leaders um for me personally um i am all about valuing employee happiness and creating a positive working environment it's so important to obviously put you know to have a, have a good degree of pressure and you know making sure that people are ambitious and motivated but at the end of the day we all work together as one collective team and so i try and carry into all of my interactions with all the people that i work with um positivity because we're all here you know for a limited time on this earth and we should all make the best of it i always think that um cooperation um ultimately will be uh, stronger than uh, than competition um in the long run um and yeah uh whilst that doesn't necessarily apply to every single decision we go about day to day i think that's um it's super important to uh, to bear in mind more perhaps than than people may do normally
Very good, very good. I think that was about 48 seconds, Jack. Good work. Uh, let, let, let's challenge you again, shall we? In one minute or less, what is the single biggest change that you think will happen in HR and leadership over the next five years? Maybe you want to repeat something that you said earlier on there in terms of uh, the increased onset of tech. I don't know. But in one minute or less, go. Cool. Okay, one minute or less, um, it will be AI. Uh, it is changing everything top to bottom um, in almost every possible aspect of um, of the workplace um, and personal um, uh, technology use as well. We're literally just seeing within the last two days, GPT-4 has been announced. Um, and Microsoft are going to be rolling out to uh, to all of their product suite um, tools that will write emails for you, tools that will summarize meeting notes from, you know, take a 60-minute meeting and condense it down into a set of bullet points automatically. It's going to lead to huge increases in individual product activity, but it's going to completely upend knowledge workers and, um, uh, you know, the actual workplace itself. And I hope we can find um, a positive outcome from all of that in the long run. So do I, Jack. I can definitely get behind that. And just finally, for today, sir, how can our listeners uh, learn more and connect with you? So maybe that's LinkedIn. Maybe you want to share your email address. You're quite a bit younger than me, so I bet you're all over TikTok and Instagram. <laughs> and of course, how can they learn more about Work Smarter? And yes, they can learn more about WorkSmarter by visiting worksmarter.co.uk. We have all of our links to all of our social media um, on there where you can follow us more. Um, to learn more about me personally, um, I tweet occasionally, um, JackWH21. Um, or for the more technically minded um, listeners, um, I'm even on GitHub, uh, JackWH, where I post code and open source packages, um, lots of which are um, originated from the WorkSmarter code base too. Excellent. Well, that just leaves me to say, Jack, until the next time you and I get together and have a coffee or maybe even a, a cheeky supper with beer. Uh, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode. Bill, thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to chat to you. Thank you. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.